Hey, we're in it now. We're back. Hello, everybody. Welcome back to the Luck We Had a Shameless Recap podcast mini-sode for season 11, episode 10. Fuck, I didn't look up the name of the episode. Um, DNR. Do not resuscitate. DNR. Season 11, episode 10, DNR. And I am your host, Amanda. That is your host, Evan. And here is our third host, Lena. Hi, besties. Hello. <laughs> hey, guys. <laughs> and we're so fucking excited because after, you know what? It I listened back to our last week's episode. I it's did too. It's fun to be a hater sometimes. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. We were allowed to get mad. We were so mad. <laughs> we were pissed. <laughs> we were so angry. But you know what? We earned this one. We earned this episode. We, you know what? This is a full one, like eighty from last week's episode, and we got some. We got a lot of things to say. And I'll go right ahead and apologize at the top here for saying that that's that that after credit scene was a throwaway, stupid nothing scene. It actually became important. Yep. My one <laughs> thing about that genuinely is that I still enjoyed that scene, and we I, we still were upset about it, like being like it's a throwaway, nothing's gonna happen. But I feel like with how big of a plot it ended up becoming, they shouldn't have made it the end credit scene. I feel like it should have been in the actual episode. Right? Because some people don't watch that. Yeah, because people don't watch the end credit scene. People sometimes don't even know that there are end credit scenes because it makes sense because not every episode has one. But I feel like because of how big of a plot point it was, I feel like it should have been in the actual episode or more focusedly been like, stole painting instead of just debbie and ian being like i mean honestly this last decade of marvel has taught us one thing it's taught us to watch the fucking credits there might be something else (laughs) true sad but true a quick shout out to corinna martescu who wrote this episode and also wrote episode six um bestie i think she saved the entire show maybe she saved the whole fucking season with those episodes six and ten have been the best ones so far also the cinematography on this episode gorgeous it was so pretty well okay so anthony hardwick directed but he is also their 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 dp i believe is he really that's why it was so pretty it was so pretty yeah anthony hardwick directed and he is typically their cinematographer actually Mm. He's yeah, he's been there he's been their DP for the past 3 or so years, but he did direct this last episode. I have one thing to say about like the cinematography of this episode is that it still had like the same like a couple shots. It just was so like like obviously it's like not a steady cam. So like it just seemed yeah. very shaky and almost like filmed like how we said like arrested development like last week like certain not all of it like the majority of last episode did but only like a couple scenes with this episode it's just like i'm like normally shaky cams are like okay but this one like i don't like when they continue like they literally like move around and i'm like i'm getting sick i'm getting wheezy like in in earlier seasons and stuff Mm. they did used to use a lot of handheld but that was also like a style choice like it it made sense and enhance the chaos. Yeah, sometimes now it doesn't make sense, but... Yeah, like, just with the writing and how, like, as we said, like, the lighting, obviously, like, it just seems too, like, sitcom-y to the point where I'm just, like, be... I was like, make the, maybe make it darker and then we'll talk, but it being so bright... It is so hard, yeah, when they're trying to pass off LA as Chicago. Yeah. Except like, they are so not trying. Like, they're, they're not trying that not hard. trying. <laughs> what how great of a production this show is their green screen could be a little bit better (laughs) it is just that like chicago it's so hard because like the show's essentially a love letter to chicago and they always filmed exteriors there and filmed like major scenes actually on the streets of chicago Uh, all those lake scenes 
So it's like now it's like I'm missing that. Where yeah. is it, guys? Okay, but let's get into the actual episode yes. and let's start up. We're going to put Carl up at the top because that fucking tone deaf previously on made me want to ruin yeah. everybody's life. Like what the fuck was that? I mean, he needed it. He I don't think he's done an intro yet, so like he needed one, but it's like God, where so tone deaf? Where is my Mickey intro? Yeah, where is my Mickey Mickey intro? intro? Give it to me, please. It. I feel like they definitely aren't gonna probably continue with the whole Black Lives Matter like incident. I think they're gonna just continue more so on like the police like fucking being an asshole to everyone than this. So I feel like that was Shameless's one little nod to being like, hee hee. And then they're just going to, like, be, nothing else is going to be mentioned about it. Well, the it. protest wasn't even Black Lives Matter. What, that one wasn't? Or was that... was that? No, it was about uh, eviction. It was about housing. No, the, the in the intro as well? Or was the... In- it was the same... The same... Oh. Set, it was this... Because they film the intros while they film other scenes. So it was the My same... My bad. I'm, I misread the scene then, so... Yeah, the signs, the signs said something about housing um, yeah. and how housing is, like, a right, not a privilege. And, and, gotcha. Uh, I also just want to talk about the characterization of the partner character. What the fuck? I thought he was supposed to be, like, the gentle one. Even the last week's episode, he was, like, yeah. the gentle, take-it-easy one. So what the fuck is this all of a sudden? I don't know. Maybe the near-death experience. He's being real nasty. Like, he's used to, like, be like, we love people. We're the protect. And now he's literally, like, calling every single person who isn't rich an animal and like i genuinely hate this man <laughs> i don't like him he should have died from that heart attack i think i know he appears in episode 12 but i don't know like yeah. how big his maybe carl quits like at the end i'm i'm holding out for carl quitting at the end of the like right at the end of the season and being like i'm doing something better with my time yeah ev- everything about the carl storyline is shameless being the most tone deaf that could possibly be mm-hmm. and like just digging themselves deeper and deeper into this stupid fucking hole that they've created they could they had such an easy opportunity to do it so well and it's not as if they haven't done well in the past like mm-hmm. literally in the first season frank had some big monologue about how the cops shoot unarmed black people as, as far as like cops go in the show tony was like a pretty decent guy yeah yeah and then even his partner was just like a chill guy too and then we also have that other scene when um like all those kids were like selling lemonade and then fiona and like the whole neighborhood like all rioted together to like beat up that one chick party on her front lawn yeah yeah and then fiona punched her in the <laughs> face like it's just like it's just such like a 180 and like i'm glad like i don't know it's just like liam's right there guys like carl yeah. literally has a black brother <laughs> But, like, this is once again just another moment, too. And he is so disconnected from the rest of the family, too, that you could have removed every scene except for him wondering about the painting and nothing about the episode would have changed. Also, speaking of, like, being disconnected to the family, he's, like, one of the only other people that we haven't heard about what his plans are to move. Like, he, like... No, we don't know how where he's gonna live. We don't know yeah. how he's feeling about the move. It's like, do yeah. they just not care about Carl as a character anymore? Like, they only care about Carl the cop? Yeah, like, it feels like they're not giving him, like, Gallagher traits. They're just giving him, like, a task to do in the season more so. Like, he's, like, he's there in family scenes, but, like, he just kind of just, like, says, like, four words and then just, just forgets about it. And then we don't hear about his opinions or thoughts. Yeah. Oh, speaking of family scenes, that family scene in the beginning. I love an episode starting out with a family scene in the beginning. It's so good. Although Debbie just backpedaling from all the progress she made last week was fucking annoying. Yeah, even Lip was like, dude, again? (laughs) I mean, like, okay, I don't think 
that was really, like, I mean, he was like, yeah, again, but I feel like they kind of came to an understanding where she was like, okay, if you want to sell the house, I'm not going to stand in your way, but I'm not going to help you either. Yeah. That's kind of where I thought it it was coming from with her, because at the end of the day, she's still, like, pissed off. Yeah. And I just need to, we'll get to it in their thing, but the quick shout out, come on, Red and Ian and Mickey, like, ooh, ooh. Okay, baddie. We'll get to them. We'll Ah, get to them. How many pet names did we get this episode? A treat is what we got. Yes. But they have to go and open the alibi because Kevin Veer and Louisville move in V's mom into her house. And I love their storyline so goddamn much. Me too. They're so happy. They're so sweet. I actually really enjoyed like both Kev and V's solo scenes. I actually mm-hmm. was invested yeah. in both. Like I really liked Kev's solo stuff. Mm-hmm. I will say the one thing that that like I totally noticed and could not like wrap my head around was when kev jumped behind the bar to help not out wearing a mask not wearing a mask why is he not masked he's working oh yeah i didn't even notice like that. like in the alibi it's a different thing because he owns the bar and like only like four people come in there but like that is a chain restaurant yeah he would have to be mandated to be wearing a mask the show is so inconsistent with stuff like everything about the restaurant was unrealistic because like the Sam Pancake character's coming up to him and is like, hello, I'm going to tell you the entire story of what's going on with my waitstaff right now. Like, you don't do that with a customer. And then also just letting some random stranger hop behind the bar and take money and touch liquor. Like- it's it's weird. I mean, like, I the only time I would ever do that was when I was trying to get somebody to feel bad for me. Yeah. Because if I was doing a really shitty job, but all I would do is be like, oh, we're understaffed. I wouldn't be like, oh my god, I had to move this person here and this person here. Because the customer would be like, I don't give a shit. Yeah. Like, was it unrealistic? Yes. Yes. But was it fun to watch? Also, yes. Yeah. So I enjoyed it. And I also loved him being like, I would really, really like to go to the Louisville Slugger Factory. That would be really fun for me. Not only because I've been to the Louisville Slugger Factory, (laughs) thank you very much, but also it was really cute. It was just a really, he was so excited. It was really cute. I love V was like, since when do you like baseball? He was like, I've always loved baseball. But, and then also the V side of it too. V slowly getting coerced into into being like, you're abandoning uh, us. You're leaving the South Side. Oh, wait, it actually is really nice to be near family. And what do you mean I could have a good job? And these houses are actually really nice. Like she's the slow yeah. realization. Her mom was right. She needs to not only have white friends. <laughs> white people suck. <laughs> Sad but true. They were like, all you have is white friends. And she was like, what? No. She's like, I... Liam is my friend. Well, I'm <laughs> oh a, like God. Kevin V. Don't really um have friends. Yeah, Kevin V. Just don't have friends. No one has friends. They all just hang out with each other. There's enough of them that they don't need friends. Except remember last season when they did an entire episode with Kev of trying to get V a friend, and she got a friend, and then we never saw that friend ever again. Yeah, like I totally forgot about it because we never saw that friend again. <laughs> I totally forgot because it wasn't important. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> But I'm glad that they got to, like, adventure out and, like, you could tell they really enjoyed it. And, like, it was nice to see Kev do his own thing, like, for once and, like, be happy. And then, like, V also just was, like, vibing for once. And I was like, give that girl a break. She needs to hang out with not old gross men. Kev not being a complete idiot. Because the himbofication of all the male characters, it's, like, Kev actually being kind of, like, a normal person. Yeah. And, like, him being good at the bar and getting, like... Knowing the tricks of getting three women to order incredibly sweet drinks. It's like, yeah, you load it up with sugar and you don't even have to add that much alcohol. It doesn't cost you anything and it makes you big money. Like, he's been doing this for over a decade. He knows what he's doing. It, like, kind of upsets me in the fact that, like, if we compare this episode to last episode, how 
dumb and how unmanageable they made Kev the seam out to be. And then for him to be like, mm, I'm a king. I can get a billion dollars in tips. I can help sell all these great drinks. And then last episode, they were like, bad dad. Uh, can't run the bar. Characterization all over the place. Especially because bad dad completely completely contradicts everything that he used to be he was great dad everything that they built his character up to be to just be like he can't watch his two children when he used to watch three kids you can tell when a writer likes the character and when a writer hates the character like you can just tell i feel like it's just like not hate it's just like they don't care and they feel like they can't do anything with that character i'm like you're 11 seasons in you got Ten and a half seasons of freaking content to develop your character in your episode. Like, choose anything from an episode and be like, hey. And we'll be like, oh my god, remember that time when he did that thing too? Like, it's not that hard. I did see people point out too. They're like, oh yeah, that scene of the kids vaguely playing in the background is the only indication we have that they brought Gemma and Amy with them. That Gemma and Amy are okay. Oh yeah, (laughs) they were like running around the pool with Dominic, I think, right? Yeah, I would just assume that they were there because... V told Kev to bring them, and also because there was no mention of anybody else watching them. Who could they get to watch them anyway? Right? So, I I, I mean, like, I just assumed that they were gonna come... And like we said, this this episode was shot so pretty. Every shot in Louisville was like so pretty. Like that shot at the end of them of them agreeing to move in was so pretty. Oh, that was so pretty. <laughs> Marriage looks really good on them, guys. It does. They look really good with those rings on their fingers. It does. I I I really enjoyed the Kevin V storyline. I'm so happy whenever I get to enjoy a Veronica storyline. Like it's it's so cool. I'm really happy that they get a happy ending. Yeah, me too. It's what they deserve. Moving on from that uh to the Liam and Frank storyline, which also broke my heart. It made me really sad. <laughs> like starting even from the opening scene where Liam was like, "Guys, he can't he's probably not lying. He probably actually doesn't remember. And very fair of Ian to be like, or he's a lying asshole because correct. But Liam's like, yeah, but he's he's dementia now. The one line that hurt me was when Frank was standing there and he was like, don't talk about me like I'm not here. And I was like, ooh, like that really hurt me. Like it was really upsetting to watch because like, I like it's so hard to be going through that because like it's literally like every 10 minutes he's like, fuck I have dementia and like also it was hard because like you can tell the kids are like still trying to figure out how to work with this and like how to take care of Frank now and like uh, (laughs) like I'm caring about Frank what the fuck (laughs) I mean since since Liam got his living situation figured out and everybody's kind of like doing their own thing Frank is really the only one that would end up homeless yeah. And he needs the most help out of everybody. And they have not gotten together and had a conversation about what they're going to do with him. I know that he's a piece of shit. Mm-hmm. I know that he hurt them and wronged them. But it's like, he needs help. I mean, yeah. okay, uh, quick shout out to Ian being like, oh yeah, Frank used to lock us in the basement. He left me there for three days once. Yeah. Are you like, okay? Hello. <laughs> I, that very that and then like, I just, for Christian Isaiah, again, gold fucking star this week. Performer of the week. Oh my god, performer of the week. Number one performer of the week. Number one. Incredible. He's incredible. I love this kid. He's gonna do big things, This kid can do dialogue. Like, anytime he has a scene with Frank, I'm just like, my eyes are, my, I'm looking. I'm watching directly. I am watching. And like, especially the last scene with them on the steps, like, bringing back, like, how, like, 
even Frank was like, have you guys figured out, like, what you're gonna do with me? And Liam was like, nope. And he was like, it's probably gonna have to be fucking me. And Frank was like, that's a lot for a nine-year-old. And then the very last part when he was like, I'm 11. Ouch. Ouch. Ouchie. The, just the heartbreaking. He just, I'm 11. And he's like, and he was like, you're supposed to take care of me. Yeah. Why am I the one who has to take care of you? Oh, that hits so hard for me. Cause like, also I've had like, in, like things in my life that have kind of paralleled that. And so I'm just like, oh my God, it hurts so much, actually. <laughs> I saw that people are, are, uh, guessing that like, we see him buy heroin, like a lot yeah. of heroin at the end. And people think that he's going to overdose on purpose. That's what I said, and that's why he gets a DNR, and he wrote on his arm, H in pocket. Yeah. And it's like, I mean, he bought a shit ton. Yeah. He bought a lot. And two syringes, so he's probably gonna double up. And I just, I, like, feel like we can't say enough how good Christian Isaiah is, because it's not just Christian Isaiah, like, doing good in a scene. It's Christian Isaiah doing good in a scene opposite William H. Macy. I was gonna bring this up, yeah. The, like, I was gonna say, William H. Macy is such an incredible actor that even when he is not the focus of the scene he brings the best out of everybody else yeah agreed like some of emmy's most standout scenes some of jeremy's most standout scenes it's like him when him and Mon- when him and chloe webb were on screen together electric literal magic and him and joan cusack too just seeing Ugh. them work side by side is- miss them yeah i miss her yeah, now that we don't have the stress of Liam, like, not knowing where he's gonna live off of him, like, the STEM school thing was was rather low stakes, but, like, I liked it. I also thought that Frank had a genuine moment of being a good dad. When he saw that kid push Liam, he thought Liam was getting pushed around, so he's like, oh, fuck that, and he stepped in, and it was really sweet. Yeah. It was really sweet. The one beef I have with this episode is the very poor timing of anti-Asian rhetoric. Yeah. Yeah, let's talk about that. Yeah. I mean, uh, none of us are Asian, but, like, so obviously we can't fully speak on, like, how that affects us emotionally, but it's just- Every jab at it was every stereotype you could think about. It was cringy. It was just really upsetting and, like, really not needed. Like, the race race joke didn't need to be played, even though it wasn't an Asian kid. Like, it was very unnecessary. Lena has pointed out before that this show is not only incredibly xenophobic, like, all the time. It has been incredibly anti-Asian so much oh my of God, the time. The like, I can't even think of, like, what they've shat on the most. Like, Mexican people, Asian people, Jewish people, or Black people. Because it seems like, at the core level, because they have Black characters, they have some sort of compassion for Black people. Yeah. Like, even though they do a shitty job with it a lot, but it's yeah. like... When they have a Mexican character, she's a tamale maker whose entire family is under investigation by ICE. And when they have an Asian character, she's a girl that got adopted by two white people and rejects her Asianness and makes jokes about it all the time. So, they're oh, not yeah, Amanda. great. Well, not even Amanda. Eddie, who ended up abandoning her niece uh oh yeah uh, I forgot about her. warren from the first season when lip was like uh when lip said you know gfy like koreans are cheap yeah like it's just like uh, uh oh T- tommy wong timmy wong the jaime's jaime's father oh, jaime's dad like it was like a fucking joke well i mean obviously because they had to make it clear that it wasn't lip's kid but it's like the fucking joke that's like oh my god the baby's asian and has down syndrome and also just this entire week, I, I I don't understand how, like, if you have to submit an edit by whenever and you can't change it, but, like, this whole week, nobody at Showtime went, huh, maybe we can cut out one or two of those. Because, like, especially in the line 
when they're outside of the kid's house for like the first part of Liam letting Frank know what's going on, mm-hmm. the whole anti-Asian comment he made there could have been removed from that scene and the cut still would have made sense and yeah. the scene still would have made sense. Yep. And it didn't need to be there. It didn't need to be there. If Liam didn't respond to it, it didn't need to be there. But Liam did respond a couple times. He was he was basically just like, that's super racist, Frank. Yeah, yeah. like you're, I, I think you're being an idiot. Yeah, I just, oof. When they were in the delivery van and then not not just him being like, wait, how long have I been? Like he thought it was Kev's ice cream truck. And then being like, wait, how long have I been a delivery man? And then later when Liam saw him at the house again and he was like, somebody stole a delivery van. The police were everywhere. It was like, motherfucker, that was you. Yeah. Yeah. But yeah, the Liam and Frank storyline was so like it. I just love watching Christian Isaiah. I could see him lead an entire show on his own. Like, mm-hmm. I think he's fantastic. I, and yeah, he's going to do big things, I hope. He really is. Like, I really want that for him. He's so talented. And that made this storyline so, so fun to watch. Like, it's I like I know William H. Macy is there and he's doing it. But like, I'm here to see Liam doing this. Like, it's yeah. so fun for me. So, em- so heartbreaking. So emotional. Like, damn. Yeah, Damn. love that kid. Because last week we were beefing with the dementia storyline because it's like, oh, Frank's interacting with people that we've never met before and that we don't care about. But it's like, we care so much about Liam. Exactly. So that was great and we love it. Moving on from that, a storyline that I personally think was fucking stupid, uh, Debbie's. The only thing I liked about it was every time the All By Myself cue came in, I was like, that is hilarious. That's very funny. Uh, I saw a post and I sent it to you guys, but yeah. Debbie, I think- Okay, as much as I hate Debbie, she's a shithead. I think that this storyline is really good for bringing some sort of redeemable quality back to her. Like, Mm -hmm. obviously, she's not redeemable in our eyes because we hate her. (laughs) It makes sense that Debbie is the only one that has never spent really any alone time Mm -hmm. from her family. I mean, Ian went off to the army, Carl went to juvie and to military school, Lip went to college. And rehab. Liam, Liam is basically alone half the time. It's like every other member of the family has had some point of time when they have not relied on their siblings as a support system. Even mm-hmm. when Debbie was living with Neil, she still relied on, because Lip was over with Sierra. Like it was just, she was still- Neil would watch Franny. Yeah, she was still relying on them. So the fact that she has to reckon with being alone, like truly alone mm-hmm. for the first time is interesting. And it, it it's honestly, it, like I do enjoy watching it even if I hate that I'm watching Debbie. Yeah. Imagine the show having the balls to keep Sandy around so that they could be moving in together. Wouldn't that have been fun? Do you want to quote the post person who made that post? Because they made some really good points. Yeah. I mean, I didn't quote word for word from the post. I just kind of paraphrased. Path of the Ranger on Tumblr. Um, Yeah. Everybody else has had, yeah, she's never come home to an empty house. And known that nobody else would be walking through the door. Having a kid isn't the same because the kid's younger than her. She has to take care of the kid instead of Mm -hmm. you know her siblings kind of like because a sibling it's not just like a familial relationship it's also a friendship yeah so you know to not have that that sort of sense of equality in age like having a kid that you have to care for kind of different also franny i love and respect (gasps) you so much can we play with uncle ian he is my favorite can we invite uncle mickey over i love him so much i'm like yes you do can we play gas station robbery with uncle mickey her saying that ian is her favorite me too me too, bestie. She got three other uncles. She's like, no, Ian and Mickey are my favorites. Ugh, her saying that Ian was her favorite resonates. Me too, Franny. Me too. Me too. The, so the kids are doing it. Like Christian Isaiah 
Grisha Isaiah killing it, and then Paris also killing Uh, it. She is so good. I love her. I thought it was so smart, the ending, where Franny was fucking up the painting by putting stickers on it. Mm Mm-hmm. I thought that was actually brilliant and really funny. I do beef with the end credit scene again because it's like, why they just dumped it there? Like, yeah, yeah. And then also they're gonna have a homeless man find it and then and watch him end up go to jail because he found it or something like that. Something like that, and it's just like I don't know. I mean, so it's like, how could the painting be such an important part and then be like, okay, it's on the L, done. Who yeah. care? Who care anymore? It's probably not gonna come up again but I will bite my tongue if it, it does. It definitely won't. Um, another reason, uh, even though I've been, I really enjoyed Debbie's storyline, uh, did they need to play all by myself that many times? I was getting I sick. thought it was so fucking funny. I thought it was so fucking funny. I was getting so annoyed. Me, I was watching the episode with Sebastian and we were just like, enough. We were like, we don't care. We don't care. Don't care. <laughs> I really enjoyed it. I thought it was so fucking funny. I liked it. And then all of her freaking, like, cuts to her, like, imagining what life's gonna be like without everyone. Like, shot of her, like, dead on the ground with, like, Franny's hair all, like, frizzed up, like. <laughs> so, yeah, uh, Fran- Franny was the star of that whole storyline for me. Like, I under- I respect what you said about the sense of isolation that it brings. Like, yeah, uh, but Franny is a queen and I love Franny so much. <laughs> Let's get to Lip. I really enjoyed this episode of mm-hmm. lip i still believe that lip is drinking and i'll bring that i up. do too especially that ian lip conversation me too his reaction to ian asking him about a meeting suspicious i want to say that shame i tweeted this earlier shameless is doing a really good job at hiding kate's belly i didn't even notice it till the second time i watched it i was like oh, i didn't even pay attention to like how they were framing her they were very boobs up framing and when they didn't have boobs up she had a bag over her but i only noticed it because i know she has a pregnant belly oh yeah she's showing yeah and tammy wears a lot of crop tops so it's like to have her be like not in a crop top is kind of like yeah because suspicious. she is tall and skinny so like that bump would be one billion percent obvious so they got to play it. She's been they've been layering her up too. The one time we see her from the front in this episode is when she opens the door and her shirt's like so flowy that you don't notice anything. Like yeah. it's got a big pattern and it's really flowy and you can't see it. And in the next episode, like the promotional picture, she's wearing like a a large flannel and stuff. So. Um, but the the whole storyline with them, Lip trying to balance everything. I un- like I understand why they are only using Kate in a little bit of it all because she's very pregnant and they want to shoot around it. So like she wasn't really there that much. But when mm. she was there, I think she was really supportive and cool. She's like, yeah, yeah I understand that you want to prioritize the house because it'll get us a lot of money really quick. How about you also... You can do both. How about we do both things? You also call about the jobs. And then she was also really supportive. She's like, wait, that's not, that's a super low amount. You put a lot of work into that, mm-hmm. into that bike. Yeah, she was like, fuck no. It sucks that he ended up selling it. One line of dialogue between the two of them that kind of rubbed me the wrong way. I don't know, like, it probably is not that deep, but when she like comes into the house when uh, he's working on the light fixture and she's like talking to Fred and she's like, how was your day? And he was like, yeah, shitty. Like, the way she just, like, said, like, I was asking Fred, but it was just, like, it just, the tone of it just didn't sit with me very right. I didn't like the way she just, like, I don't know. I don't, if you felt the same way, but it just, like, felt very, just, like, yeah, a little, a little nasty to me. 
I think Tammy by nature is is a little bit apathetic in general to other people of her age because she's like oh well I'm doing shitty too like I'm trying to just like have a little silly time with my baby because obviously like she knew that the baby wasn't going to answer so she's just having fun but but maybe she also like she also works at the salon and she is living with her family that is annoying the shit out of her maybe a bitch was just tired yeah honestly I mean it does suck for her and Lip to be like in a partnership and and to not see that support go both ways because Lip's been Lip's been crashing at the house so they haven't even been living together yeah and that's really upsetting him I mean him and Ian talk about it yeah yeah and the the fight with the fight with Mickey it was just the two of them Mm. being so frustrated at the same time in the same space with each other Uh, Mickey was so in the wrong (laughs) I don't know if I want to talk about that last scene when we talk about Ian and Mickey too, but like, fuck me, fuck me. Like one thing, um, another thing made me mad about, uh, that made me mad about Lip's situation. He didn't, he, the, he was manhandling that painting. He put it face down. He just hung right. it. He leaned it on corners of things. Ooh. He and then know. also, <laughs> I know he doesn't know, but I was like, why would you put it in the basement in the first place when you know the gas guy's coming over? Go put it in your fucking bedroom. And then also like, he already established but like my mom loves that painting could i buy it off you that was so funny i was so nervous when yeah, he was too. running down there i was like i thought i thought the gas guy was gonna be like oh my god <laughs> like something wrong with you but he didn't he was super naive but then that scene like when lip took it upstairs right after they talked about it i was like you're, you're sus now why would you move it you already established that it's not it's not the painting that was stolen, like, but now it's all of a sudden being moved from a person who just saw it. Interesting. Yeah. yeah. He's already seen it, babe. Like, but it is like, it is like Chekhov's gun because it is like, well, if he moves it upstairs, now we know it's going to get fucked up. Yeah. Because yeah. he moves it upstairs and then what does he do? Leans it against the wall. Like, he doesn't even go and hide it just yet. He doesn't even hide it then. Like, he hides it later, but... If nothing else is gonna happen to it, he wouldn't have moved it. So, the fact that he moved it just lets the audience know that it's gonna be important later. Yeah. But I really... I like watching Jeremy Allen White work, so, like, this whole... I really like this whole episode. Yeah, him being, like, upset about selling the Indian and, and... The whole gas thing, but like, yeah. And another thing um, I, we didn't touch on is that when he's on the phone, when the gas guy comes in, he lost that job opportunity. He did lose guy, that job. He was yeah. about to get yeah. that job. And then because he put him on hold, he, he fucking lost because he called right back and then went right to voicemail. So, But it also sounded like a job that did not pay enough for him either. He's like, just, just $15 an hour. Yeah, it's $15 an hour, no benefits. And he's like, I have a baby. Yeah 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 very unfortunate i hope i hope his luck starts to turn or or that we have a fucking come to jesus have you been drinking moment like i explode do it but it's like where is the time yeah yeah there's no time where is the time for that i mean people on twitter were talking about like they were like oh well there's only two episodes of shameless left and ian and mickey maybe get like 15 minutes of screen time per episode there's only 30 minutes left of them it was like at best at best 30 minutes yeah on a really good day so but this was a really good day with them i really enjoy first of all that scene in the beginning they're attached at the motherfucking hip they did not move let's go one square inch without each other something's so wrong with them people are like why are they suddenly like psychic and i'm just like i don't think they're psychic i literally just think they can't go anywhere without each other (laughs) yeah also bartender ian sexy sexy 
I love Mickey just didn't do shit. He just sat there the whole time. He was like, he made sure Tommy paid. He was the reinforcement. And he was mad at Kermit the whole time. He was so mean to Kermit. <laughs> please, please. I mean, I know they really love the arm transport business, but it's like, oh my God, I want them to take over the alibi so bad. Like Ian was like, we can get another ambulance. I was like, no, you don't need another ambulance. Although I love that they're planning to expand the business and hire actual employees because it's a mm-hmm. legitimate business that they're running. Like, ah. And then they just get to be the bosses and not have to do anything. And they just get to boss other people around. So fun for them. And that also feeds Mickey's fantasy of being like, I'm the king of the South Side. Yeah. Yeah. He wanted it so bad. Yeah. (laughs) So bad. And like them being on the same page, like up until up until the the apartment showing, they're like, let's look at this apartment. It's super cheap. Ah, it's on the west side. Yeah, but let's go look at it. I don't want to live there. Yeah, but let's they've got a fucking pool. Let's go look at it. Like let's go swim in the pool. Love that. Love that. And hey Tommy, you watch over the alibi while we're gone. That yeah, that also sort of foreshadows the the Tommy and Kermit taking over the bar aspect. Especially Tommy being like, I'm so lonely, that's why I'm here all the time. Yeah. Okay, start working then. There's an apartment above the alibi. Sell your house. There's one thing about that the Debbie scene, the Debbie stuff when she's talking to Tommy and Tommy's like, yeah, I got a spare bedroom. You can move in with me. And Debbie's like, I'd rather live underneath the fucking L. That was so fucking funny i was dying but i think it would have been funny if they lived together though because i i it's obvious that he thinks franny's a really cute kid no me i was like i was like don't do it like we know tommy is it's like not bad or anything but i was just like no no i he's a neat guy why does mickey hate kermit so much why does mickey hate kermit (laughs) why does mickey hate him so much why are they beefing Mickey, like, anything. He was like, shut the fuck up. Like, you get two free beers. You don't give anything free to anybody, especially fucking Kermit. Like, what? <laughs> Maybe he's just mad because, Because uh, Kermit didn't want him to get a bazooka. He's like, why do you need a bazooka? Because it's fun to blow shit up, Kermit. Maybe he's just mad because Kermit kind of looks like what Mickey could look like when he's older. <laughs> oh my god. He's nervous. He's getting scared. <laughs> Stop. <laughs> Although I'm so glad that Twitter pointed out to me too. Like Evan, I love that you said earlier on that how many pet names we get in this episode. Let's go red. Let's go I, red. And I just know, I know Cameron did this for us. I know it wasn't scripted because I didn't even catch it until somebody pointed it out that Mickey, that Ian calls Mickey baby. Come see this bed, baby. Yeah, when they're walking into the bedroom. It's like, how is that the first time that that's ever happened on screen? Did they just cut it out every other time? I feel like they just call each other fucking insults. Like, instead of, like, pet names, it's normally just, like, asshole or, like, something like that. Now they're, like... Like, I know Cameron did that. Come check out this bed, baby. Like, ah! I can see Ian calling Mickey baby a lot, but I, like, the other way around... Red makes sense. Red, because it's just... But I don't think Mickey would be like, come here, babe. Like, He definitely calls him baby in bed. But Ian seems totally, like, the type to be like, babe baby yeah yeah they call each other baby in bed and in private all the time i know it i feel it it's absolutely correct like oh 100 so and i'm right and i will not take criticism exactly, exactly. also mickey beefy yummy beefy. yummy no what got into him <laughs> sebastian was like his treps are huge but he's so tiny <laughs> yeah it's weird because his head doesn't really fit on his body <laughs> his shoulders are so broad now like it kind of looks like his head is not actually part of his body but i'm just like beefy from the neck down he got some pecs too i was like hey right 
It was so good. Also, Mickey top surgery scars real. (laughs) (laughs) Oh my god! Did you see? I was like, (laughs) I saw that, and I was like, I was, I was like, I was like, top surgery Mickey, uh, trans Mickey real. (laughs) But uh, yeah, I mean, I I sent, I sent that scene, not the whole scene, but like a photo of him to my sister, who you guys know is like on. I mean, we're like just starting season two because we've been apart for a week, and she saw the Ian tattoo, and she was like what the fuck and i was like what is that i was like i know i saw people being like of course mickey doesn't want to move to the west side he's got a south side forever tattoo that's embarrassing that's so embarrassing (laughs) for him (laughs) he has a riverdale tattoo i also i also really uh, for serious for a moment i also really love their communication in this episode because some people are pissed about ian signing the lease at all but he's like listen it was a really good deal we need this i know that you can't accept that we need this but and he didn't approach like fuck you i did it he approached him was like listen so i signed the lease and like it was it was a really healthy like i know mickey's got a lot to contend with and a lot to come around with about it and mickey's gonna be mad for a little while but like I don't know. I thought it was really, I really liked the way they did it. Ian's like, I know you're not going to enjoy this, but this is what's best for us. And let's have a conversation. But do you want to cook dinner together? Let's hang out. Like the fact that Mm -hmm. they do that too. Oh, delicious. Mm -hmm. But uh, I did see somebody point out like, it it wasn't like a deal breaker thing. The stakes were because Mickey was mad, but he wasn't. Yeah, he was still like, I gotta move. He wasn't like. There was never any question that he wasn't going to move with Ian. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like the whole t- he was mad about it, but he was like, it's because of you I have to move. It's not because it's not like I'm sticking my foot in and I'm not moving. Because he's like, of course I'm going to go where he goes. Yeah. Of course, there's no question. I, and it, it reminds me of that uh, when Lip was thinking about moving to Milwaukee and Mickey straight up was like, if you ever try to get me to move Milwaukee, I will fucking kill you. I'll fucking murder you. <laughs> <laughs> And it's like, okay, so like that is like full deal breaker. But yeah, I mean, <sighs> king, of the, king of the South Side, king of the South Side. I was frustrated too because I was like, okay, Ian just signing it without talking to him at all. But I'm like, they deserve this. They need like this. But like $900 a month. And if you sign right now, you get the first month free. You sign That, that is a really good deal, especially in Chicago. Come on, guys. Yeah, because also Tommy's comment, because he was like, because of the pandemic, a lot of these places are empty. So like they're trying to like get people to come in so they like kind of dock the prices that does make sense actually because uh i'm apartment shopping right now for the upcoming uh semester and it is kind of like that like they are trying to to do a bunch of like they'll be like oh we'll cut a deal i mean my rent i've i have two roommates and i think our rent is gonna shake down to like 1600 but we're also living in like downtown of a city Mm -hmm. small city but it's like it you know so, I mean, it does, them being on the west side kind of removed, it does make sense. I mean, that's yeah. also why it was, like, Mac and Dennis and Always Sunny moved to the suburbs instead of looking for another apartment in the city because it's expensive. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah, I really liked them the whole episode. They were, like, very, they're literally very together and agreeable in the whole first beginning and very happy, like, Mickey got to go for a swim. Love that for him. <laughs> Mickey buying the beer. We cannot blush over, like, them talking about what they do with all of this money. He's like, let's go to the Gulf of Mexico and get a cabana. I'm like, he's still dreaming about, like, going to the beach with Ian. Like, you know he wouldn't, though. He wouldn't actually move down there. He wants to be king of the South Side so bad. He talks about Ian getting burnt like a bitch. Uh-uh. Mickey burns. Yeah, facts. But, yeah, I mean, Mickey being like, we could get pit bulls in the backyard. And Ian's like, I, like, I want to grow tomatoes. Baby, you can have it all. 
Baby, yep. you can have both those things. Also, I love Mickey loving pit bulls because they're like the stereotypical like gurger mean dog, but are actually like if you treat them right, we'll let you put them in a sweater. Like <laughs> the soft little babies. Michael Che has a really good joke about uh, white women with pit bulls. It's like a white woman will take a pit bull, put a sweater on it, and be like, "This is chonky." Like, <laughs> oh, I I sent this to you, Amanda. Uh, Sleepyhead Mick on Twitter said, "Mickey quote king of the South Side." Bestie, you transport legal drugs, play with your five-year-old niece, and kiss your husband who calls you baby. Take a seat. <laughs> Take a motherfucking what a king. seat. What a king. Also, Mickey's internalized homophobia really did jump out in this episode. Yeah. Like, like, don't call your husband a slur king. It was, that's the gayest thing I've ever heard. Call your, call your husband the F word. Like, yeah. and it, but like, it didn't even phase Ian. Like, it didn't hurt him. Mickey's like, we get it. You're a little bitch. Calm down. Yeah. And then Mick Ian Lip is frustrated, Mickey is frustrated, and they fucking take and people I saw some people saying, well, Mickey took the first swing. I'm like, no, he didn't. He pushed Lip no, he back. Didn't. Lip took the first swing. Lip rocked his shit. I like I felt that punch. <laughs> yeah. Although you know that Lip looks worse than Mickey does right now. You know it. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Lip's lip was busted. Like the that fight was so good. And then Ian and Lip on the porch. Ooh. Ian and Lip on the porch. The fact that Lip immediately apologized. Yeah. yeah. Right away, he's like, I'm sorry. I fucked up. Like, and I love, I love Ian calling Lip on his bullshit. He like sat and he listened. He listened to Lip air out his frustrations. He's like, bad day. Got it. Uh-huh. He's like, got it. Uh-huh. Bad day. Um, that's, you know, that's all bullshit actually though. Right. And if you ever hit my husband again, I will fucking kill you. Yeah. Best character in this entire episode. The Yummy. Cameron's Cameron's shit headification immediately flew out of my mind. I was like, I respect this man. <laughs> I love this. I man. watched this episode and I go, I've never heard him sing in my life. I've never heard him say anything bad in my entire life. I love this man. He does not have a Twitter anymore. I've never seen a single tweet from Cameron Monaghan. Though I don't know who that is actually. <laughs> I only know Ian Gallagher. But like, th- literally right before that line came out of his mouth. I, I had the thought, man, I wish he had gotten to call Mickey his husband in this episode. And then the line came out and I was like, I'm sorry, what? What just happened? What did he just say? <laughs> Hold on, I have whiplash. Yeah, I mean, and the fact that Ian said to Lip, that's just your brain fucking with you. the Because he has had so many times that his brain has been actively working against him with the bipolar, you know, and also even as close to when he was on his meds, like up up until the wedding when he was like, how do you know you love me? Like that mm-hmm. was his brain fucking mm-hmm. with him. It's like the fact that Ian has grown enough and become secure in himself. And he can acknowledge to, that. To acknowledge that and to and to give that advice to somebody else is just like, I'm emotional. <laughs> <laughs> like he's stable enough in his relationship to be like, no, actually we can get this apartment and this is going to be good for us. And that he's stable enough in his own mental health to be like, what you brother are doing is destructive. And if you ever hit my husband again, I will fucking kill you. Because he has perspective because he's been through that. He knows that things are not like that. Things may seem shitty, like in your own brain, but that is not always how they're, how they're shaking out in real life. I mean, I do hope it turns around for Lip, but it's like to to hear Ian of all people say that to Lip is just like yeah. so perfect. If it yeah. was literally any other character, I would have been like, don't care. And like, I don't know how to interpret it. I hope that the way that I am supposed to interpret it is Lip 
taking a moment to himself to be like, yes, I actually should get to a meeting and not, yeah. I've been secretly drinking this whole time. I haven't been mm-hmm. to a meeting in months. Like that's- But they never showed that he was secretly drinking. I kind of wish they did because then if they just do it where it's like, oh, he's going to meetings again, it's like, then it doesn't really confirm that he was drinking or not the, the whole time. And especially with, like, Ian's dialogue, like, he never outright says, like, oh, maybe you're, is it because you're drinking again? Or, like, referring to him falling off the wagon, he just goes, like, maybe you need a meeting. Like, Like maybe you need that support. Yeah. And let's be clear, we have thought about this more than the writers have. Oh, Oh, yeah. For sure. Except, no, I, maybe Corinna's been thinking. We were, we overanalyzed a coca-cola can for them to not show us anything yet so we'll see <laughs> we'll maybe, see we'll see what I happens know, maybe maybe corinna has been thinking maybe she's been thinking a little bit about it but yeah i also wait let's just say for the record lena texted us before this episode came out i think i know what this fight between lip and mickey is and she she wrote down the note and screenshotted it and sent it to us and then that episode happened it was exactly what you know what was. we should post yeah, yeah. the screen once we air um air this episode we should post the screenshot with like the time stamp of like when you sent us that from when the episode came out but i'll read verbatim what i wrote because it was completely correct it was completely correct <laughs> i was like for posterity guys uh can i send you something real quick like i think i know what this fight is about i wrote la la I and M open the bar, get to apartment shopping, go see the apartment. I loves it. M hates it because of location. I goes back and signs a lease without M's permission. M is pissed, takes it out on Lip because Lip wants to sell the house and now M doesn't. Bada bing, bada boom. The way you were right, your brain. Bada bing, bada boom. I should be a writer. (laughs) The fact that you are the writer at this point. Yeah, it says March 27th at 12.16 a.m. So it was a full 24 hours before we got the episode. Your brain is so big. Something about me built so different. And the the screenshots we have for the next episode, like we said, I I still can't get over that you ever hit my husband again, I'll fucking kill you. Can't get over it, won't get over it, possibly ever. Um, In the next episode, when we know that Mickey throws a fit in front of other people, I just need Ian to say, yeah, that's my husband. Like, just give it to me. Give it to me right now. Yeah, I think think he's just getting them kicked out on purpose. Yeah, he's just gonna be a drama queen. Love him. Yeah. Although, like, they probably, judging by if that bed scene is actually in the episode, they're gonna make up by the end of the episode anyway, so. Um... Also, um, sweater Paul, um, sweater Paul Mickey. Sweater Paul um, Mickey. Should I, should I say what I think is going to happen with Mickey? In the next episode? Yeah. Should it, sure. for posterity? Okay, great. So this is what Lena predicts is going to happen in season 11, episode 11. So <laughs> I think that they're getting somewhat moved in. Mickey's hesitating. He's probably going to be like, I'm not bringing one item of clothing. I'm not bringing anything over there. That is not my home. Ian tries to be like, oh, let's go for a swim, blah, blah, blah. Mickey throws a fit. They get kicked out. Probably something tells me that, like, maybe the people that they meet in the pool are, like, part of the co-op board or something. Uh, or, like, they have some sort of power there or just generally feel threatened. They go back home. Do you think they're gonna play the gay card? They're like, mm, we don't want a gay couple living in our no. complex. I think they're also just locked into a lease and this isn't gonna be enough to break it. You don't think they're gonna get kicked out? No, I don't think they're gonna get kicked out. I think they're going to be embarrassing. You know what, though? Yeah, it will be embarrassing. I think one of two things could happen. I think they either get kicked out and then they come back and they make up and he's like, we'll find somewhere else to live. We'll we'll think about something else. Or 
they don't get kicked out and they come back and mickey's like i'm sorry i fucked up i feel like mickey's gonna try to get them kicked out and it's not gonna work or like ian's gonna be like you're a dumbass I like truly don't think it's going to be that big of a deal. I think he's going to like pick up the chair and they're going to he's it's going to be embarrassing, but I don't think anything is going to happen. I think it's going to be funny, though, if they talk to those people at the pool and then they're like, oh, what do you do for a living? He's like, oh, yeah, like I'm a I'm a convicted felon, uh, but I transport weed for a living legally. And they're going to be like, ha 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 ha, you're so like, funny. ha ha, you're so funny. He's going to be like, I will kill you. I'll kill you right now. <laughs> I'll get you. I just want that's my husband. It's all I want. It's all I want from this. My favorite thing is people asking Mickey what he does for a living. <laughs> I'm a pimp. He's just like so, yeah, he's so candid about it. Uh, I am excited for this season's deleted scenes. Yeah. Who else? Oh. Camo kiss I'm mayhaps. Very hungry. I am so confident that it'll show up on the DVD. It fucking better. But, so, overall, yeah, did you say the writer of this episode also wrote 1106? Yes, Corinna. Give them an Emmy yes. right now. Right now. Jesus. They did the best episodes in this whole fucking season. I also don't even think she's, like, a staff writer. I don't, I don't think she's been, I think this is, like, her first year with them, and I, this is the only two episodes that she wrote, ever. So. Um, her career better take off. I will follow her to whatever her next show is. Like one hundred, I will hire her. The, actually, the best. And the director of this episode, I love that the director of this episode also does the cinematography and other episodes because this episode had so many pretty moments. Like it was so pretty. Mm-hmm. That's probably why they did so well at hiding her, hiding Kate's baby bump too. Because if the guy who directed it also does cinematography, he has for sure hidden a baby bump before, and well, yeah, they did it so really he's, well. He's won an Emmy for best for outstanding cinematography for a single camera series he directed oh captain my captain in season 10 uh which is episode nine. Oh, that was the episode where at the end ian goes to byron's and is like oh yeah how do you know that you love me that's he directed that episode yeah Yo. He, got, he is so good at pretty scenes like that like fuck He's only directed two episodes and yet goat status. <laughs> right? Mm, he is built yum. different. These two, this writer and this director need to be the only ones that have, that I need them to go back in time and redo every episode. Like fix it all. Cause I love it. The I love it. The two of them. And then like Burt O'Malley, Sheila Callahan. Mike O'Malley. <laughs> Sorry, Mike O'Malley. Something wrong with me. <laughs> Burt Hummel, Burt. Mike O'Malley. <laughs> Burt Hummel. Something wrong with me. Sorry. Guys. Alex Borstein is also a great. She did. She did some great Monica and some great Galovich episodes. And she's funny too. She's, she's on Workaholics. Funny. She's on Workaholics as as uh, Montez's wife, and she only appeared in three episodes, but she's like such a standout. Sheila Callahan, I miss her. I. You know what? I'm gonna raise my bar off the floor after this episode. This episode, I had my bar on the floor going into the episode. She did like a triple lutz over that bitch. Like it was, it was so good. I'm gonna raise my bar up off the floor. They ha- they've got to meet a certain standard for the next two episodes. Mm, yeah, my bar, my bar's still low. Sorry, guys. It's my bar keeps bouncing back and forth. I don't have a steady yeah, idea. <laughs> that's fair. But 
So let's let's wrap this episode up. Let's get out of here. This episode was incredibly good, besides the fact that Carl still exists. Um, <laughs> but like the lip stuff and the the fight with Mickey was so good, and Kevin V getting their happy ending. Good for them. We so wait, who gets the gold star? That Christian Isaiah gets Christian the gold Isaiah. star of the week, right? Yeah, yeah. Christian. Uh, Cameron, um, actually, Cameron, Cameron. Yeah, not not so much for Cameron, but just for for Ian. I feel like it goes Christian, yeah. Cameron. Jeremy Allen White, Noel Fisher. I honestly, I feel like we should put Bill on the rankings Bill. for this episode. Yeah, he's there. Um, I I for, totally forgot to bring this up. Uh, this Ian, this episode felt like old Ian. Seasons yeah. one through three, Ian, like sassy, silly Ian. Yeah, it felt like teeny. It felt like teen Ian. Yeah, it felt like the Ian that looked at Lip when he was fucking around with Karen and went, "What the fuck are you doing?" Like, that's, yeah, the Ian yeah. that stu- that stood up to Lip. Like, it's just, like, I, the Ian that was, like, so secure and confident. Like, I, I totally miss that because in season four and season five, they totally broke him back down. And then it's taken him, mm-hmm. it's taken them four seasons to just build him back up. And mm-hmm. even then, like, he had Because he was moment. still rocky in, like, season eight, season nine. Like, he was still, like. Yeah, so it was, like, and they had that setback again. And it's, like, it's just so nice to see him mean happy and sassy and happy and being like the character that everyone's like i love this guy yeah the moral compass they're turning into like real people almost instead of just like the characters that they've been they're like turning into actual adults and like ian even says that he's like we're we're getting older like we gotta start being like functional human beings not like playing these games and running all these scams anymore they're getting older they're growing up lip has a kid and ian has a husband and if you ever hit him again he'll fucking kill you like i'm gonna live on that for a long time that's i'm gonna go dance with my husband if you ever hit my husband again i'll fucking kill you amazing amazing we need a third one to complete it rule of threes guys come on yeah maybe one for mickey so yeah gold stars this week christian isaiah wins the episode he just does Oh, he does. Sure. Christian Jose wins the episode. It was his episode. And then Noel Fisher, Jeremy Allen White, Cameron Monaghan, and William H. Macy. Go- amazing. All around. Really good. Shinola, also a queen. Like, I love, yeah, I love her. Yeah, she killed it this episode. She always She's does. Just, she just was vibing. She just was vibing. We love we her. We love lying about knowing the Obamas. I love that for you. <laughs> that was so funny. Uh, so- Fucking wow, that episode was really good. Like I said, it was fun to be a hater last week, but I really liked that I could Mm -hmm. wake up today and go, I'm going to watch the episode again. Like, yeah, true. It was great. We're so happy that it's good, that it's good. And I hope that it can fucking keep it up for the next two episodes. That's it. Just end. We're praying. End strong, my guy. Just do it for me, please. We've dedicated a decade of our lives to this show. Literally. (laughs) And I'm going to dedicate the next couple of hours to getting this edited for us. So let's get the fuck out of here. Thank you all for listening. Thank you all for supporting us. All of our Instagram for Lena, for Evan, for myself are in the bio below. I will even include our brand new TikTok page that Evan set up for us. The luck we had TikTok page. And you can check out our website. It's in all those things. It'll be linked in in the bio below. And you can donate to our Ko-Fi, and you can buy some stickers from us. We've got some stickers of the logo. And uh, the artist of that logo, by the way, is my sister Zoe at Burden on Society on Instagram. She is the one that did the stickers, and I will make sure to give her a cut of whatever I get for the stickers because she (laughs) deserves it because she made that logo for us. Yes. But we have stickers. They're vinyl, right? Vinyl stickers? Uh, Yes. Yeah. 
uh, they're from uh, this uh, website called Sticker Mule, and they make very nice quality stickers. But yeah, you can find all of that on Instagram and send us a DM if you'd yep. like one. And you can donate to our Ko-Fi if you feel like it. You can get yourself a sticker. And yeah, follow us on all the things. Come back next week for hopefully another good one. Let's cross our fingers and all on all our toes and hope for a good yes. one. But until then, let's get the fuck out of here. Goodbye, Ooh. everybody. Bye-bye. Bye. bye. bye.